This morning, I want to talk about persevering faith. Right now, we've all been living through this season of isolation and, and uh, social restrictions. And that's brought with it many challenges for our lives. And here in Brisbane, we're just starting to experience the invitations for some of those restrictions to begin to come down. And yet at the same time, there is this sense of uh, what we thought was done and dusted with this season actually now looks like it might have a bit of a, a protracted reality about this, uh, the challenges that we're facing right across the country. And so right now, one of the things that's being tested or pressed on for many of us is how do we persevere in times when circumstances are protracted and longer than we first thought before change might happen. And so I want to talk a little bit about that this morning. One of the challenges that the Holy Spirit's been inviting us all into through this season is an invitation to greater intimacy and fruitfulness with God. And yet with that, there is also the daily walking out of what a fruitful life of relationship with God looks like. Sometimes circumstantial change happens very rapid and very quick, just like we all experienced when we all had to suddenly shut down businesses, shut down worship churches, worshiping churches, shut down being able to go to the shops, and everyone was bound to their homes. It happened very quick. And at the same time, we're now looking for some circumstantial change where some of that is coming free and coming loose. But in the midst of it all, there is our personal faith and well-being, spiritual well-being, that seems to be front and centre. And whether the season is one of rapid change or protracted delay, there is this sense to have to persevere. And today, I want to touch on that. You see, for many of us right now, this season has brought about some really sincere challenges. Our mental health has been tested. Our relationships have been tested in that we've been isolated and not be able to be near and with each other, both loved ones and the people from our church fellowship and even people in our workplaces, family members. And at the same time, battling with a spiritual dynamic around all of this, of isolation as well. And as Jesus' people, we are being called by the Holy Spirit to partner with Jesus for the kingdom, right in the midst of all of those sincere challenges. And so today, I want to talk about how we can cultivate the kingdom of God in a, a protracted season of isolation. But before we get there, C.S. Lewis, the, the famous um, author and storyteller, he wrote this about perseverance. C.S. Lewis says, God knows our situation and he will not judge us if we had no difficulties to overcome. What matters is the sincerity and the perseverance of our will to overcome them. We all want to progress, 
But if you're on the wrong road, progress means doing an about turn and walking back to the right road. And in that case, the man or woman who turns back the soonest is the most progressive. What saves a person is to take a step and then another step. That's such a great perspective that C.S. Lewis brings. And it's a big invitation right in this moment to actually, if we are on the wrong road, we need to turn around and get on the right road. And the right road is Jesus. And I want to talk about him this morning as we turn to the scriptures in Hebrews chapter 10. If you have your Bible with you, would you grab it? If not, the words will be on the screen next to us. But in Hebrews chapter 10, here's the backstory. The backstory is that the writer of the Hebrews was sending this letter to this group of Christians that was now a new community of heaven and earth, being these um, people that following Jesus in the power of the Spirit in their everyday life. They were coming from all sorts of both Jewish and pagan backgrounds, but the one thing that they discovered was Jesus and the power of Jesus. And now they were learning to live this new life together, a life of faith and in the power of the Spirit. And for many of them, primarily coming from the Jewish quarter of the world, they were learning to live a new way. You see, they'd found that Jesus was walking them out from underneath the law of relationship to God through Moses and the sacrificial system to remove sin and restore relationship with God. And Jesus was now inviting them to live a whole new way. This new covenant where it's actually the faithfulness of Jesus's life and sacrifice and resurrection that was so hugely complete that they can now live under this new grace, no longer under a law, but a grace. And this generosity from King Jesus, who's now removed their sin by his faithfulness to God, Now, not only were they trying to figure out how do we live this new life together where grace is abounding and the kingdom is expanding and the power of the Spirit is filling their life, but at the same time, they were experiencing waves of persecution because of their newfound faith in Jesus Christ. They were starting to experience waves of persecution where it meant that they were thinking that the kingdom that they once thought was going to come in all of its fullness right then was suddenly a little more protracted and delayed. And it was going to be a journey that was going to require some grit and determination to hang in there with Jesus. You see, many of them, they were starting to sway under the pressure of spiritual, governmental, and all sorts of other forces to try and get them to turn away from Jesus. And so the writer to the Hebrews was saying, hang in there, guys. Jesus is all powerful. Keep focused on him. Don't let that grace ever be taken away from you. And so they're under the pressure. And yet they're at the same time being invited to an intimacy with Jesus as king in that very persecuted experience. So why don't you grab your Bible 
and read with me Hebrews chapter 10, and we're going to pick up in verse 19. A call to persevere in the faith. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is, Jesus' body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full, the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to this hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let's consider how we can spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. There's a few little encouraging kingdom activations there that have been inspired by the Holy Spirit that the writer to the Hebrews to the Hebrews makes note of and I want to pay attention to those this morning the first is this before we tackle those the first is this he writes this sentence where it starts with the words let us it's really important that we pay attention to that very simple little two words, let us. See, the writer of the Hebrews, he was encouraging people to relationship with each other as together they follow Jesus. This whole thing of doing life on our own and going solo and being our own independent person often leads us out into the very place of isolation from which we want to run and get away from. And here, the kingdom life is one of fellowship, the fellowship of believers. If you go back and read the book of Acts, you'll see this great story. One of the defining realities in Acts 2 and Acts 4 that Dr. Luke records is this word koinonia, fellowship. They weren't originally known as the church. They were called a fellowship, a fellowship of the way. What way? The way of King Jesus. They were people who were discovering we're going to fellowship together with Jesus, doing life his way, bringing the kingdom to our world. A fellowship of believers. So I want to encourage you as you hear these little activations, they're not solo activities. These are big invitations to partner up, find another. It may be your spouse, your work colleague. It may be someone that you're not, you may um, meet with in small group, or it may be someone that just the Lord puts on your heart in this, in this week particularly. So the first one is this. The writer of the Hebrews says, Draw near to God with a sincere heart and faith. You know, relationships and intimacy requires two people at a minimum to participate. It's one thing to be um, um, engaged and it's another thing to be passively expectant. Here the writer of the Hebrews is saying, Guys, it's, it's important that we turn up in the relationship with Jesus and with each other. 
But let's draw near to God with a sincere heart and faith. If there's one thing I love about who we are here at PRV is we're a people who say, keep it real, keep it sincere, come as you are, unveiled, unmasked, no pretense. Don't try and pretend when we get into the presence of God with each other. Come as you are. This is the invitation to, the peop- to uh, this whole new way of living life. So many contexts that we have to live in every day, people feel like they have to project this certain image to be successful or project this certain image to be acceptable. And here the freedom of Jesus is, no, let that all go. This is all grace. Come as you are. God loves you and so does his people. There's no other place. There's no other group of people. There's no other organization like the fellowship of believers in the earth where you can literally come as you are and know that God loves you. That's what sincerity means. Come as you are. This week, I want to encourage you, find someone along the way that you can together draw near sincerely to God. It may be through a phone call. It may be through um, a message. But take the time to draw near to God with a sincere heart and faith don't forget the faith bit in that sentence that means I'm turning up with a sense of expectation that God actually wants to meet with me turning up with a sincere faith Um, the second is this the writer of the Hebrew says let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess now that hope we profess is the person of Jesus When I was a teenager, my brother and my sister and I, uh, we used to, as a family, go water skiing on a Saturday morning down the Pine River. And my dad, he would take the boat out and we would have a toboggan on the back where the three of us would sit on on this wooden toboggan and we would be flying across the top of the water. And then my dad, he would put us into what he called the whip. And the whip was where the boat would turn around very sharply. But as we were trailing on the toboggan, we would take this long, wide arc. And the pressure to hold on to that toboggan together as we were bouncing around this corner was so, so powerful and strong. We had to do everything we could to hold on together to get around that corner and more often than not we would come flying off but every now and then we we just determined we weren't going to let go for anything (laughs) and we would come around the corner together you know the writer of the Hebrews says the Holy Spirit is with us that we can together hold on to Jesus in the protracted seasons of challenge and difficulty And the other thing is this, it's this, let us do that. So where you see someone starting to lose their grip and letting go and hopelessness starts to invade, it's just that chance where the grace of God upon us, we can whisper the words of hope again and and hang in there with them and for them. I love that about the church. I love that about being the people of Jesus. It's about holding on together. This week, Nicole and I, we were just simply walking down the aisle on our day off at, um, 
at the North Lakes Westfield Shopping Centre and we saw someone that we haven't spoken to in many, many years. And they started to tell us of just a really sincere circumstance about their sister who was in hospital and unwell. And I just said, after listening for a while, I just said, let's pray. So right there in the middle of busy North Lakes shopping centre, we just together prayed and asked King Jesus to come and touch this dear person's family member. They were letting go. They just needed someone to come alongside and bolster them in the moment with the hope of Jesus. And I want to encourage you this week, hold unswervingly to the hope of Jesus. It may feel like you're on the toboggan behind my my dad's boat and it may feel like you're about to come off but we're with you we're together we're choosing to hold on we will come through this season and into the next the third is this he says let us consider how we can spur one another on to love and good deeds have you stopped and had a think lately about how you can help others how you can partner with what Jesus is doing for the sake of another. Often we're very quick to come to God with our list of like, God, I need this, or God, we need that. Or, But in this instance, the writer of the Hebrews says, hey, people of the king, have a think about how you can spur someone else on. It's amazing how in serving others, your life gets edified and empowered and built up. It takes our fixations and our fascinations and even our obsessions of our own personal needs that have been met in the great hugeness of the grace of Jesus so that we can then partner with God for the sake of others and see health and life and strength come back for them. This week, how do you think you can partner with God and spur on someone else. It might be an SMS, it might be a prayer, it might be a phone call, a coffee appointment, a letter or dinner. Whatever it is, go for it. Spur them on, encourage them along the way. And finally, point four, the writer to the Hebrews says, let us not stop meeting together, but keep on encouraging one another. That really has been challenging, hasn't it, in this season of isolation and separation and shutting down of even our churches being open to worship together. How do we stay together, keep meeting, worshipping, connecting? There's been such a Holy Spirit grace in this season where people have been able to keep on meeting in new ways and encouraging each other. But that word encouraging one another, it's not just a verbalized activity of, you know, verbalizing something. I sincerely believe that that sense of encouragement is a grace of the Holy Spirit. 
And if there's one grace and gifting and function that um, Paul writes to the Corinthians about saying, hey, if you're going to pursue any gift of the Spirit, it's the spirit of prophecy. Because as you prophesy, as you speak the Father's heart and words to people it, at, in their moment and time of need, it brings life, it brings power, it brings freedom, it brings kingdom, life and hope. There is Holy Spirit prophetic grace on the people of Jesus. And in this season, I want to encourage you, like Paul said to the Corinthians, pursue this gift, go after this gift. It's so important in our life together. Don't give up meeting together. Encourage one another. And I, again, want to invite you to, and your family and your friends and work colleagues Come join us again next Sunday as we start together. But let's finish. I just want to recap those four kingdom activations. Draw near to God with a sincere heart this week. Let us hold unswervingly to the reality of Jesus and his faithfulness in the trying nature of this protracted season. Let's consider how this week, we can actively partner with God to spur someone else on. And let's not meet, stop meeting together, but let's ask the Holy Spirit as well for grace to prophesy the life of the Father's heart to another. And I might just finish with that quote from C.S. Lewis again, where he said, God knows our situation he will not judge us as if we had no difficulties to overcome. What matters is the sincerity and perseverance of our will to overcome. We all want progress, but if you're on the wrong road, progress means doing an about turn and walking back to the right road. And in that case, the person who turns back the soonest is the most progressive. What saves a man is to take a step and then another step. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this morning we thank you that your Holy Spirit is being poured out upon our lives as we listen to your word, as we allow the scriptures to shape our life according to King Jesus. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the writer of the Hebrews that they understood what it meant to walk through a protracted, difficult season. And even now, Lord, for, for us who here and now and right around the globe, there's so much a, a protracted difficulty associated with all of this virus and pandemic. But we, we hear you, Holy Spirit. We hear you inviting us to partner with Jesus for the cultivation of the kingdom right here, right now. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, you would just come upon each and every one of us and you would inspire us this week with all of the let us kingdom activations. Holy Spirit, show us how we can join in with what the Father's doing this week. And right, right now today, Lord, for those of us who are unwell and there's, I think there's someone even listening today whose right knee is aching and throbbing as they're watching this right now. And everyone else who's wrestling with ailments and sickness and even the sense of isolation and, 
and it's impacting their mental health and well-being and relationships and spiritual vitality. Come, Holy Spirit, with power, I pray. Come with kingdom power on them right now in Jesus' name. And we say to the sickness, be gone. And we say to your body, be healed. And we say to your health, receive the kingdom of God in Jesus' precious name. We love you, King Jesus. We're looking forward to next weekend when we can get together at the 8.30 service or the 10 a.m. service. And we're just with expectation, Lord, our hearts are hungry to be together. Come meet with us again, Lord, we pray. Let the fellowship of believers be filled with the Holy Spirit as we gather. And let that prophetic encouragement come upon us all. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.